The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. And I'm another DJ. It's the JF Wong Jumbo Commander combination on Commandcast. Today, we are continuing our set review of Modern Horizons 2. There's going to be one more episode after this. There's one episode before this. Uh, these are all the cards that go into 99, so none of the legendary creatures. That will be covered by DJ and Josh. Uh, and so, today, we're going to talk about blue and colorless cards. Very exciting. Modern Horizons 2 shaping up to be pretty good so far. Looks amazing. I love how many niche cards they are, and then just they just slam a powerhouse down like a staple. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hopefully we'll see some more staples today. We have colorless to go through, which means we may be seeing what may be one of the best swords ever printed for Magic the Gathering. Ooh. Ooh, very exciting. But before we get into it, make sure you head on over to cardkingcom slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. If you're buying cards and you're gonna do it anyway, do so and support us by using our affiliate link as as it is as no cost to you, and you get to get access to Card Kingdom's entire library of a amazing cards they'll ship it to you real nice and fast and not to mention you're going to want to buy some cards after you listen to these episodes i always go out after we do the set reviews because dj inspires me josh inspires me right yeah and i'm just like you know what i i do like dj's point about that card i am going to get one for myself so cardgame.com slash commands is the place to do that do the same thing like we do a set review and i'm just like I need to spend some money. I need to pre-order some I stuff. I need to pre-order some stuff. And I, I wait for sets, right? I don't buy boosters anymore unless I'm trying to draft. And in, especially in cases like this one, you know, you need to go to LGSs as much. But if you are in the LGS and you want to support them, great way. All of them should have Ultra Pro products. Another sponsor of the show. Get a new playmat. You know, you're going to go back into the world soon and play Magic again with your friends. Mm-hmm. Do so and impress them with your setup, your sleeves, your deck box, all that good stuff. Not to mention, you're going to want uh, things to, to travel with. So the Satin Towers Ultra Pro, they're the best deck boxes to travel with single decks. Uh, they can carry your dice in there. They're super solid. Prof loves them as well. Do you know what I like? Now we'll use... they've actually no they the satin towers, but instead of satin towers, they're satin cubes. They get oh. rid of the dice the dice container. Oh, so it's just a cube, and thing? they're smaller now. Oh, they're I brand like new. That. They're like, wait a second. Uh, commander players bring ten decks with them. Right. They don't need that many dice. Satin cube. That's actually I like that quite a bit. I like. I also it. have so many that I can color match them, so I can like change it to be Ooh, red and green for okay, red that's green good deck. Stuff, that's kind of fun too. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and finally, last week the sports show is directly at Patreon.com/slash Command Zone. Our patrons got to watch our post Malone episode of Game Nights earlier than everyone else in the world, including that sweet new intro. And you mm-hmm. can too for our future episodes of Extra Turns and Game Nights. And of course, if you're at the two dollar tier, you can support us and go and talk to us on Discord. Josh and I are on there every day answering questions. Good times. Finally, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. This episode is dedicated to Denton York Irons. Wow, Denton. Denton. You (laughs) You, rock. You rock. Cool name. Let's get right into it. Blue cards, colorless cards in the 99. There's lots of colorless cards and not as many blue cards, so let's get right into it. Starting off with Dress Down. One in a blue for an enchantment. It has flash. When Dress Down enters the battlefield, draw a card. Creatures lose all abilities at the beginning of the end step. Sacrifice, Dress Down. Okay, so at its base, it's a two-mana enchantment with flash, so it's got instant speed, and it does uh, 
it's a um, cantrip, so it will draw you a card when it enters the battlefield. I think it needs to draw you a card because the effect on this is so minimal, it needs to replace itself, right? Yeah, it, you know, Humility is a card that reads a little similarly, and that card is very powerful, but Dress Down only sticks around for one turn because it's at the, at the beginning of the end step, you sacrifice it. Yeah, um, so I feel like it kind of plays a little bit like a stop a combo kind of thing. Yeah, you know? certain combos. Because certain combos could also, right, like yeah, do everything in response combos. to Dress Down coming into the battlefield or see it on the stack and go, oh, I have to combo out right now. Because this doesn't have, right, it's not like Cross and Grip. It will just I know. So, well, sudden, stop the stack. Sudden right? spoiling is a thing that I use. It's in black, one black, black. Uh, creatures become zero twos and yeah. lose all abilities. It's a fog. It can interrupt those things. But, you know, now that I'm looking at this Dress Down, I like like that it replaces itself but you're right like does it actually answer the combos that you want it to answer and i don't know if it's if it answers enough maybe the fact that it's an enchantment yeah. is enough right i could see this being really interesting in, in this situation where you need to like a huge combat or something's happening or there's infect on a creature and mm. dress down is the best way to, to sort of if you look at the art it's stripping away all of the armor off of this soldier um and so maybe that is important it's like it seems like it's almost like a combat trick though mm, but you know if you're an enchantress deck this is an enchantment that will draw you two cards when it enters the battlefield and could sometimes save your life Okay. Uh, very narrow, but little downside because it draws your card. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So dress down, we're going to give it a, it's okay. Are you going to give grades to it? No, no. I'm <laughs> going to give giving, this one. Start giving grades for each card. <laughs> dress down, this one, I give it zero out of four clothing. <laughs> okay. Moving on to Fractured Sanity. Blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. Each opponent mills 14 cards. It also has cycling for one in the blue, so you can pay that, discard the card, and draw a card. And when you cycle Fractured Sanity, each opponent mills four cards. Okay, mill. mill. Very nice, yeah. Everyone everyone gets excited about mill, no matter how bad it is, because mill is not great. Yeah, and mill is <laughs> only recently getting a lot of help from your Bruvac the Grandiloquence. Mm -hmm. I think this card, you... Uh, you wrote this, you're, you're generally going to recycle this unless you're milling yeah. everyone for 14 and it's going to win you the game because of it. Yeah, because ultimately replacing itself is going to be way more important. The cycling ability is going to yeah. be way more important than getting 10 extra cards because that's just card advantage is way more important than 10 guards in your graveyard. Yeah, unless you're maybe doubling up on the mill with Bruvac or you're doing something that 14 turns into 28 or it's going to be enough to really get rid of people's graveyard or get rid of their decks to mill them out because I'm assuming Fractured Sandy otherwise reads like a card that goes, it's a new card for the cycling deck it's a card that may be bad because what if you mill good stuff into their graveyard and they want it there? Yeah, a lot of times uh, people don't mind things going to their graveyard. Like, yeah. There are a lot of decks where if you mill me, I'm like, cool, thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. But I will say Mill is getting a lot of support recently. Maddening Cacophony and Persistent Petitioners are two new additions to the world of it. So maybe there's going to be more Mill in the future. It just looks like they're giving more tools maybe for modern, much more so than, than EDH. Yeah, probably for modern. I don't know. Very narrow, but little downside because of the card draw. Yeah. I do like this next card quite a bit, though. It's it's a commons. We're not going to talk about many commons on the set reviews, but this one definitely makes the case. It's hard evidence. <laughs> it's a one blue mana sorcery, create a zero three blue crab creature token, and investigate. Oh. It's a Craben Inspector. Yes, it's the blue Craben Inspector. Craben. 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 
Krebin. It's a Krebin Inspector. Uh, I mean, this is fun. This is, right, so you get a, two tokens off this, more importantly, for one blue mana. I think that that's the important part, is you get two tokens, uh, and it's a, it's a spell, and sometimes spells that create tree creatures are better than creatures themselves. In uh, the right spell. You know, extra, the Raven yeah. Inspector is actually very playable in our format, uh, and you can blink it, you can do some stuff, you might be able to do some stuff with the spells in this one, uh, but yeah. Um, but blue doesn't need a little cantrippy thing as much as white does, you know? No, no. I do love the art, though. This poor inspector, he's got a nice, or she, or they, have a nice bracelet, and this crab has snipped his ankles. <laughs> Their ankles. Oh, it's a heat, it's a heat. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, uh, in the end, very narrow, but little downside because of the card drop. Moving on to Inevitable Betrayal. Where Curse. Sorry. <laughs> Curse your Curse sudden, your sudden but, but inevitable betrayal. They had g- to have done that on purpose. I right? hope so. I, I'm going to give this, I'm going to uh, grade this card a one for one pun. Uh, so this is part of the suspend cycle. So let's take a little hot second to talk about suspend. There are going to be, there's going to be just one card we talk about suspend today because uh, it's in blue. There's one in each color. So suspend is a card where you're trading time for mana. You're trading a certain number of turns where these time counters are going to be dripping off it every one of your upkeeps and you're paying mana. But at the end of that, you cast it for free. So Exciting. this one costs to spend three for one blue blue. So basically one blue blue. And then it takes three turns. Mm hmm to get this effect. Um, And so that is a long time. Like you are actually paying a lot of time to get it, but you are getting a pretty powerful effect and you're not paying very much mana for it. Yep. But you have to wonder, you know, how good is suspend in general? You know, that trade-off doesn't seem to to be worth it in many situations. Like for example- Especially late game. Yeah. So for example, we have have two effects. We have Wheel of Fortune, a $420 card in 22,000 decks. I know, right? You hear the price of Wheel of Fortune, it's crazy. Um, And then we have Wheel of Fate, a $2 card in 7,000 decks. Ah, okay. One of them has suspend and the other one doesn't. Um, and so we take other effects, you know, we mentioned last episode, we talked about restore balance versus balance, you know? Yeah. Um, and we can see that when you put suspend on something, when your opponents can see it coming, it gets worse. It really does. Curse your sudden, but inevitable betrayal. It's not that sudden when it's three turns. <laughs> yeah. And so when it's three turns away, we talked about this last episode in the white, they have a replenish effect, returning all your enchantments to the battlefield. But it's not great because typically that says, I'm going to win the game if this resolves. Players are going to see that. They're going to know it's coming a certain number of turns away, and they're going to spend their efforts either waiting to counterspell it or just deleting you as the player from the table. So effects that are not as scary or are generally good at any point in the game where, where timing doesn't matter as much uh, seem to be better, right? Yeah. Uh, let's read Inevitable Betrayal. Okay. Ine- so sorcery. Go for it. All right. Suspend three for one blue-blue, so three mana, uh, and uh, takes three time counters on it. And at the beginning of each of your upkeeps, you remove a time counter. And when the last one's removed, you cast it without paying its mana cost, ignoring timing restrictions. Search target opponent's library for a creature card and put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles. So it's bribery. Ooh, bribery is a pretty powerful effect. It is. Um, But it's not a game ending effect. And in many cases, people feel that bribery is pretty fair because uh, Jimmy, I wouldn't have an Eldrazi if you weren't planning on playing it against me. Ah, so you're playing my deck against everyone else and it's totally fair because i'm the one that put it in my deck not you you're not the one with foreign collects in your deck it turns out it was me all along i'm a monster but it's inevitably betrayed there's some me. politics there though right yeah like, for sure definitely are. yeah um so is this bribery is this betrayal uh good at sort of any point in the game is is waiting okay i think 
like we said this for the Profane Tutor, which is searching for a card. In this case, Blue and Black both have versions that are it's okay to wait. But Suspend 3 is a lot. So if we're saying that on average games are ending by turn 9 or 10, that means that you need to be casting Inevitable Betrayal by turn 6 or 5 or 7 in order to get that creature out on the battlefield in a way that actually has an impact and maybe helps you end the game. Mm. So we basically see advantage when we play a bribery on turn 4 or something like that. Yeah. We get an eight drop. You yeah. know, you see that big that big disparity between the amount of mana we have and the big thing that you got. If you're playing this on three, may, maybe you can ramp it up, but if you're playing this on three, you get it on turn six, maybe seven, that eight drop becomes less relevant. Less relevant. Now, you may have more information about the table, which we talked mm, about with Profane Tutor, that makes, makes it, okay, I'm going to get this card instead, or you're like, you know what, I want to Consecrate Sphinx right now instead of this big beater because I need the card draw. But waiting three turns is a lot. So I think Inevitable Trail actually is a little worse on the surface because three turns is quite a bit. But if you're playing this in like a Jora of the G2 deck where you can remove time counters and you have effects to do that and that's the point of the deck, then I think this card gets really strong. I actually think that also Bribery is just not as good as Demonic Tutor or Replenish. You know what I mean? So, uh, But ultimately, I think that a lot of people can play this. I don't think that you become the arch enemy. I think there's a lot of politics that can happen when this is coming down. Uh, People don't know exactly what you're getting. So, you know, they might not be very quick to counter this. I think that you could be just fine playing this sort of just for value in a lot of your decks. Yeah, the only problem is that these are the kinds of cards, right? If suspend two versus suspend three makes a big difference because all of a sudden, if this card says you can play it as late as turn seven, turns in you can play this as late as turn six, then you're actually putting a card in your deck that is literally dead a lot of the times because it's going to be suspended and just never come off suspend before the game is ended or it's not even relevant at that point. Uh, by the way, one other thing to mention that we talk about suspend is that there are ways to cheat suspend. Yes. You know, you can cheat these cards to play. And then uh, this whole argument of time versus mana for effect, well, it, that all breaks down because you just cheated the spell into play. You know what I mean? So I think in, in as far as the list of power level goes, the, right now, the ones that we reviewed, the white one is the most powerful because it has the capability to end the game in the right decks with enchantment decks. The black one's great because it's a tutor and it's okay to cast it later and it's a spend two. And then I think we have this third one here. It's suspend three, but you can bribery. Bribery is a great card, but suspend three is a lot. Yeah, a long it's, time. it's fun. It's political. It's not going to end the game, uh, and but it also might not make you a threat. So it's just yeah. an all around good effect. And don't forget, it's commander. You got to wait extra long for those suspend counters to come off. So if you don't have a way to deal with them, then you are really going to be waiting th- four, right? It's mm. four players turns for one time counter. It's quite a bit. All right, next up, we have Merktide Regent, a well, it's five blue blue for a three three dragon. Mm. Okay, but it's got Delve. Delve reduces the casting cost uh, by every card that you exile from your library. Uh, it's got Flying. Merktide Regent enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each instant and sorcery card exiled with it. Whenever an instant or sorcery card leaves your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on Merktide Regent. Wow, so there's a lot of text here, but at the core of it, this is a Delve card, so you want to put cards in your graveyard to make it cheaper. This could be as cheap as blue blue, and it seems like it needs to be in an instant and sorceries matters deck because that's how you turn it from a three three flyer all the way up to like an eight eight or even more down the line if you're having other instants and sorceries leave. So your Jimmy, you could play this for blue blue exile five instants and sorceries, and so this becomes a blue blue eight eight flyer. That's broken. That's a lot of hoops. Is yeah, what it is. I mean, <laughs> it, so many. You got to get a lot of instant sorceries in your graveyard. If there's one thing I've learned uh, playing a lot more decks that care about the graveyard, if you're not actively trying to fill your graveyard up, there are times when it's like turn five or six and there are three cards in your graveyard. Maybe your so, opponent will mill you with that 
<laughs> maddening cacophony or no it's uh the fractured, fractured sanity, sanity yeah i mean in this case i think you are playing this in like a mizics of the is magnus deck where you have tons of one drop two drop sorceries and instance so that you're just cycling all the time you're playing opt you're doing cards ponder right brainstorm ways to get these into your graveyard and then you're casting the murktide regent maybe turn four or something and it's coming out like as a five five or a six six but even then that's is not it good enough worth it yeah, that's not good enough. I mean, Tombstalker used to be played in Legacy and like played around. It does not see play in Commander. Right. It was a way to, to get sort of a big, dumb 5-5 five, five demon out early. And uh, it just isn't good enough, you know? Yeah, um, this is I, Commander. Keep in mind, Commander, we, we have a higher ceiling for cards. And there's actually a whale of a card. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give Murktide Regent zero out of one whales because you wrote this down. Ethereal Forager is a card that came out in Commander 2020. Also has delve, but costs four blue blue. And when it attacks, you return an instant or sorcery card that you exile with it to your hand. So it replaces, it's not as big and chonky, but it gets you cards back. It like draws you cards when it attacks. Yeah. By the way, this is not played like at all um, because this was in a commander precon. So you expect to see it in some decks, right? Yeah. Um, instead, it is... Uh, $7.50 in an only 680 decks. Ah, so that's me screams legacy or someone else. Someone else. Yeah. Or just, <laughs> it's it, just legacy, right? Yeah. Or commander vintage. 2020 wasn't opened enough. There weren't enough of that lying around. So but some 680 of the decks up. is just not a lot of decks. At yeah. All. Yeah. It is Especially a cool card though, but again, he has to attack. So if we're not playing that, and I think that's just better than Murktide Regent, then I don't know if we're gonna be playing Murktide Regent. Again, this card says, there's an Instant Sorceries modern deck that might want this. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Rise and Shine. This was... The our preview card. card. Yay, Rise and card. Shine. If you didn't see this in your feed, then you didn't hit the notification bell. So Rise and Shine, friends. How you get to see all of our videos and DJ's videos is when you subscribe to us, you click the little notification bell. Bing! and then you're going to get those videos. So if you want to see our breakdown on it, there will be a link in the show notes below. Rise and Shine, though, we'll just read it. One in the blue for a sorcery. Target non-creature artifact you control becomes a 0-0 artifact creature and put four plus one plus one counters on each artifact that became a creature this way. And you can overload it for four blue-blue. Turn all of your books, potions, and wires, and gadgets, and gizmos into uh, four fours. Your foods and all sorts of stuff like yeah, that. Foods, all yeah, foods, all good stuff. It's yeah. all good. All right, next up, we have Rashadin Dockhand. It is one blue for a one two little merfolk with island walk and uh it's got a relevant name rashadin so you can pay one and tap to tap target land it's a okay. callback to rashadin port very nice so rashadin port uh actually not played in many decks because that type of effect which is like i'm going to get rid of one of my opponent's lands much more powerful in 1v1 formats when they have a very powerful land out there and you want to just lock them out of a mana each turn uh, or in like cubes and stuff in edh I don't see myself doing that. Typically, I'm trying to remove lands with like a strip mine as opposed to keep tapping it down and using my man to do so. Yeah, it's a taxation effect, but it's a taxation effect that doesn't that only hits one opponent. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard for you to keep up with taxing if you're you know, constantly putting yourself down on resources just to affect one third of your opponents. Yeah. And like, are you going to be able to do that every turn for that opponent's guy as cradle or whatever it is? Or would you rather just get rid of that land? So that's why you'll see strip mines played much more often. Now, would you play this in a merfolk deck? I could potentially see it being a slot in the merfolk deck, but 
I don't actually love it because it's it doesn't have that much utility. I don't know many games when I'm playing it where I'm like, I have to tap down that land, otherwise I'm doomed. Well, uh, you mentioned Guy's Cradle. That could be a thing, right? That could be a I thing. I mean, what about in in like an Edric deck where you want one mana, one ones? Usually you want them okay. with evasion. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? now you're talking if you know you got islands because island walk means this thing is basically unblockable. So I'd say maybe 40 to 50% of the time when you're playing in the play group. So that's pretty good for an Edric type deck. All right, we found a corner case scenario. Yeah. Yay, yay. <laughs> I'm going to give that one hand out of two hands rating. <laughs> all right, next up is... More ratings. <laughs> I don't know. They all got to be arbitrary. They got to be some good ratings. Okay, yeah. uh, next up we have Subtlety. Subtlety. So this is in the Evoke cycle. We're going to talk a little bit about Evoke. So Evoke is a way to cast a spell for free in this cycle because every one of these cards in white, blue, black, red, and green, its Evoke cost is to exile a card with that same color as the card. So Subtlety is a blue card. Its Evoke cost is exile a blue card from your hand. That means you can cast it for free, but you are technically two for one in yourself because you're paying two cards for one, but it costs zero mana. Okay, so, so let's read the card. Let's read the card. Two blue blue for a 3-3 three, three elemental incarnation with flash and flying. When subtlety enters the battlefield, choose up to two, one target. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could I imagine? Yeah, no. Uh, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Hmm. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library. Okay. And you evoke it by exiling a blue card from your hand. So this, like the white version, has flash on it. So it can be treated as an instant, right? Uh, and you can kind of play this similarly to... Maybe Venser Shaper Savant a yeah. bit? Because, again, you're targeting a spell. So this is different because I can say, all right, I'm going to cast a... Uh, I don't know. I'm going to cast a Big Beater. I'm going to cast a Murktide Regent. And then you can say, all right, in response, as it's on the stack, I'm going to flash out Subtlety and I'm going to bounce the spell of Murktide Regent back to your hand. So it's Top kind of, of library or bottom or of library. Or just bottom, top of bottom library. Yeah, so it's kind of like countering it in a way. But it, it doesn't counter it forever. So if you need, it's a punisher mechanic, which means that uh, your opponent gets to choose, well, is this card worth it? Do I want to draw it again? No, I'll put it on the bottom of your library. Or if they really do need it, they're like, all right, I'll just leave it on top Time and I'll draw it again. Kind of, yeah. Um, so it's not a hard counter. And we usually like hard counters in, in Commander. This is also a creature or a planeswalker, right? Venser That's, lets you bounce anything. Yeah, anything. creature, I like that it's creature. I like that it hits the planeswalker, but you're right. A lot of times we we are wanting to counter expropriates or time stretches or big spells, yeah. you know, Torment of Hailfire, stuff like that. Yeah, so... You know, on its face, I think subtlety, not subtly, not that good. I'm not going to be very subtle about it. Uh, but I don't think it's that good either, honestly, um, because I think that it gains a lot um, when tempo matters. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, like yeah. Your, we're, we're, your creature matters, my creature matters, and I say, I'm going to take away your next draw step. Or you have to just be like, all right, it's a hard counter. It's on the bottom of my library. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so in the 1v1 format, this is the, the tempo's great. I'm going to play a spell to try and regain, become the beatdown. You're like, subtlety, bam, bounce it back. You decide where you put it. But next turn, when you pass the turn to me after you just use all your mana, I have a new 3-3 flyer that's going to hit you in the face. Yes. I also think it's better when it has the added mode of becoming an ambush viper. Ah. You know, you flash this in, you take out a creature that's attacking you. So in a lot of like 20 life 1v1 one formats i could see this being insane you know what i mean yeah but in our format it feels like it does everything just not quite as absolutely as it needs to be yep. you know what i mean yep. like the counter's too narrow the card disadvantage is too heavy 
A lot of people said that Modern Horizons 1 was like Commander Horizons. I think we're actually finding as we do these set reviews that Modern Horizons 2 is a bit more edged towards actual modern play. Subtlety is definitely a card that I think is meant for modern much more than Commander. Um, you're going to just want to play Aventor instead of this. So. I mean, but, here, but like there are creature-based combo pieces out there. You know, there are sometimes a planeswalker that hits the battlefield that like you need to counter to. Right, right. You need to answer for one turn or half a turn or whatever. Someone has a kiki jiki out. Yeah, like so this does this does piece. give you an out to be able to be like, all right, well, I need this dead free counter spell. And free yeah. counter spells are undoubtedly amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is that like when you start comparing it to the other free counter spells, force of negation, pact force of, of will, pact yeah. of negation, d like this doesn't uh, this you can't make that comparison because this doesn't add up to them. So uh, if you're even trying to flicker this because it's an ETB effect, it has to happen immediately. It has to immediately return to the battlefield because you're trying to get a spell out. So you can't wait to bounce a permanent. It needs to be on the stack for a subtlety to get there. But that's kind of cool. You know, this is on the battlefield and you're just like ephemerate. Yeah, know? right. That'd you know, be cool. That could be cool. I like That'd that. Be cool. But Rune does not like this because it's end of uh, the turn when it comes back. So subtlety, we're going to give that a, uh, I don't know. We're going to give it an S out of LOD. That's the grade it gets. <laughs> All right, next up is Suspend. This is one in a blue uh, to exile target creature. Just one blue. Oh, sorry, one blue for an instant. Exile target creature and put two time counters on it. If it doesn't have Suspend, it gains Suspend. So we just talked oh. about the Suspend spell. It's going to be two turns, two upkeeps of the creature that get, uh, the creature's controller that got exiled for the counters to dip off, and then they can cast it again. Okay. And it'll get haste when it enters the battlefield. So... It is a very efficient removal. Yeah, it's it's but a it's, blue instant exile the creature. Yeah, cool. but it's temporary. Yeah. Uh, two two time counters. Is that enough? Probably by turn seven or eight. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I want my removal spell to do. So here's the thing: it if you do this on a mana dork to interrupt your opponents, that's pretty okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because your mana dorks become less relevant as you've already ramped out or on turn five or whatever. Right. You know, Birds of Paradise on turn five is not as good as on turn one. So I could see that this interrupting early game. You know, I can see this good in aggro. You know what I mean? Like a goblin guide that you suspend for two turns feels oh, pretty good yeah. in 1v1 or something like that. I can also see this like you've said, you know, someone has this crazy big creature and you're just like, um, no, even if it's for two turns. Yeah. Or this creature is threatening, right? It's a Vorinclex. You know, like, we can't have that around. It's going to stop everyone too much. Just getting rid of it for a little bit, bouncing it for that amount of time, and your opponent can't even recast it. They have to wait for the counters to come off. Could be enough for you to regain that advantage and maybe use the mana that you would have always been restricted by. Yeah, so maybe a commander, like you said, you yeah. know, because then they're just like, they're out their commander, even though they would want to recast it. I'm feeling this more for CEDH, when you have commanders that, like, Selvala, where if you give them those two turns, you just have to get rid of it the moment you see it, and delaying them by two turns is enough for you to get the win in the meantime. So when we were talking about when the game's gonna end to turn nine when you when you accelerate that and the game ends on turn five then suddenly two turns is a good portion of the game that you yep. they don't have their spell especially in those very interaction heavy formats because then they know okay when this thing comes back i can counter it but let's just think about it pongify rapid hybridization even reality shift one extra mana is this replacing that any of those in your decks um, I don't think so. I think suspend is definitely a more competitive card and I'd much rather permanently get rid of something than suspend it away. Unless it's, I see that there is all these persistent threats. If I don't get rid of it now, it's going to come, right? If I get rid of it, it doesn't matter. They're just going to recast it 
in this case, Suspend would be like, okay, cool, I can delay it for two turns, and that's actually going to make a big difference because it's such a key part of their deck. But I, in general, I'd Reality Shift, I'd re much rather just be doing for sure. time. Suspend a two out of nine for the two turns that it's gone for the nine terms of your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, wait, I need to give Suspend, uh, I give it uh, I one. I give it two out of nine. I give it one out of two Suspends. Two, one out of two turns. <laughs> there you go. All right, Thought Monitor. Six in the blue for an artifact creature construct. It's a 2-2 with affinity for artifacts, so the spell costs one less for each artifact you control. It has flying, and when Thought Monitor enters the battlefield, draw two cards. Woo! So okay. this has a lot of the same text as Moldrifter. Yeah. And we love Moldrifter. We do. Uh, How about Moldrifter for one blue mana and you keep the creature around? Uh, yes, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So I think that we can see a lot of the upside on this, right? Like we and by the way, affinity. This costing one blue, having six artifacts out, very reasonable. Yeah. Easily do it in artifact decks. If you have an artifact deck, I feel like this can slot in really, really nicely. Not to mention there are a bunch of new artifact lands that are in Modern Horizons too, as well as just artifact lands in general. So that you can get to four, five artifacts by turn three without even blinking, and then cast this really quickly. Easily, but. I mean, one thing that we need to take a step back from is that Moldrifter is good because it has the emergency mode of divination. Yes. You know, you cast it on turn three. Well, when do you cast it on turn three? When you don't have anything to do, when you need to find lands, where you need to find something else, you mm -hmm. need to keep up your mana and stuff like that. Um, this doesn't have that emergency mode. This has sort of the win more mode of it costing one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the early game on turn three, when you're struggling, this could cost seven or six and okay. be really like not worth it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this doesn't have the emergency mode of divination or some of the other evoke creatures do, you know, I but think you have to be in a deck that has a lot of artifacts, obviously, and maybe ones that care about the fact that's got a high CMC. Ooh, uh, I, someone said online, uh, Padim Council of uh, Innovation. Uh, who wants you to have the highest mana value, right? Because this is seven. Who's going to have an artifact over seven? You're I don't know. I mean, not, not very many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Brea decks work really well because when you play Brea, you're getting two uh, little flopters in the play. Flop, flopters. Flopters. Flopters in the play as well as Brea, and so Thought Monitor is going to cost less. Also, those decks have white in it, so you can flicker a Thought Monitor a bunch of times, potentially. I like that. Um, yeah, so artifact deck, slam dunk, other decks, not really, because it'll cost too much. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. Okay, we're going to take a quick mid-roll break, but when we come back, don't go anywhere. We got artifacts on artifacts on artifacts, not to mention lands and that potential sword that might be the best sword in Commander. We'll see, and we'll pair it up with the other ones and see where it stands right after this. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back talking about Modern Horizons 2 cards. We're talking about blue cards today, artifacts, and lands. We're done with the blue cards. Nothing huge there, right? Wasn't too impressed. There were some some players that, you know what I mean, that I could see slotting into specific decks, but not a lot of like, oh, this is the new staple. Do you know what I mean? We give that a big thumbs up. Blue didn't, like, right, if, if <laughs> Subtlety was, like, insane, I would be unhappy. Because mm, okay. they don't need more. They don't need more. Okay, so now we're moving on to the artifacts. Let's kick it off. Who will we have first? Academy Manufactor. That's not even a word. What, what about manufacturer? But it's a manufacturer. It's a manufacturer. Okay. <laughs> three mana for a 1-3 artifact creature assembly worker. Okay. Uh, if you would create a clue, food, or treasure token... Instead, create one of each. Whoa. Wait, hold up. So if you make a treasure, instead you get a clue and a food and a treasure as a whole. So you get three for one? Yes, three for one. Hey. Over and over again. And, so. and by the way, like there are there are very clearly cards that are in this set and other sets that just dump like treasures and food and clues onto the battlefield. Yep. Like we talked about a white card in the last episode that could just put a bunch of clues on the battlefield. Like we've seen smothering tithe just be like, Oh, treasure, 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 my turn. Just imagine if you add clues and food along with that, you have tireless trackers in this, in, oh, in yeah. this format. You have dockside extortionist. Just, oh my gosh. Dockside extortionist making 12 treasures, but instead makes 36 total tokens is kind of insane. It's a crazy amount of tokens. But so, you have to use the tokens, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, you have to find a use for them. Okay. Know? So You can rise and shine them. You can crack uh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. Time sieve. You wrote this one down. Yeah. Obviously, it's a blue-black artifact. You sack it and tap it and sacrifice five artifacts, sorry, and you take an extra turn after this one. Yeah, you'll probably be able to take a lot of extra turns, and it just makes it easy mode to be able to produce more and more of these tokens. Totally. Uh, artifact tokens, Brutaclad. 
Oh yeah. Right? If you're if you're able to make fifteen different art like artifact tokens and then turn them all into big creatures, that seems very powerful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, anything where you want to just have artifacts on the battlefield, you you want you have affinity spells. You know yeah. what I mean? You have ways of weaponizing that gear per ether grid or rise and shine, making them all four fours. Like you can use artifacts. Um, but I think that I mean, how many ways to make clues or food or treasure do you want? to have in this deck to it's interesting it. so there are a lot of assembly workers if you have a ton of those synergies then i could see academy manufacturer just being in the deck but okay. it's a three mana one three that's an artifact right that's at its very very base and if you're an artifact deck maybe you need artifacts but i would say i don't know you need at least 10 to 11 ways to make these to like really yeah see the the, the benefit of academy manufacturer being in your deck being strong and even then, you might only see a couple of those effects, yeah. you know, throughout a, throughout a game. So I think that that's a pretty big devotion to food and clues and treasure. So um, you might have to make some compromises with those other cards, yeah. Uh, unless you are making the clue food treasure deck. Like yeah, there, there, those exist out there. People are making those decks. There's a legendary creature from this set um, in Simic that creates clues. Yeah, or as Miranda Martha dice to call the car who you are so good at that loves food i said it so many times practicing for the modern horizons game nights episode <laughs> that academy manufacturer i think could be an include in that deck just because you know your commander is going to get the underworld cookbook out and every time you set uh, you you know discard a card to make a food token blammo you are now all of a sudden just making three things pretty good sounds great sounds great all right next up we have brainstone <laughs> this art the pun yeah i love this art this reminds me of the three hopping heads in uh, uh spirit of the way it's oh, kind of nice. cool though because the nose and the eyes are shared on each so you can see like oh, yeah. four faces on the front of this all right oh, brainstone okay. it's one mana for an artifact you can pay two and then tap it sacrifice it draw three cards then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order so it's a brainstorm but it's a stone it costs three instead of one Okay. But it's an artifact. And so being on a permanent has a lot of things attached to it. Like you can pretty easily get artifacts back. You can get permanents back easier than getting brainstorm back. Right, right. Um, but how good is brainstorm in our format in general? I would say brainstone is a way for any color deck that isn't blue to get top deck manipulation. And there are a lot of decks that want this. So I could see brainstone being one of those like sneaky good cards because it just synergizes well with your commander specifically. Yeah, like scroll rack is a as an artifact form of top deck manipulation also costs three mana to do it, do it once. Yeah. Obviously I think scroll rack is better, but it's also a bajillion dollars. So can brainstone be that sort of budget imitation or be a redundant effect? Maybe. I think so for sure. Yeah. I mean like when I have scroll rack and I do use it, I find that I'm not using it often more than two to three times a game because when you recycle your whole hand and stuff and, and you know, like unless you're constantly doing scroll rack type stuff, but it does take a bit to you remove your hand, make a new one. And if you're using it for top deck, manipulation i don't know I, I like brainstone i think it's not fantastic but it works great uh next up we have dermotaxi <laughs> okay because it's a vehicle it's a taxidermied vehicle so it's a dermo taxi this gets five out of seven this is taxis to out of uh no five out of seven uh crazy taxis this there. is such a dad joke this really is like it really people is were joke. teasing that this is like on un horizons oh because of all, like, the, little of all the little yeah. jokes and stuff like that and all the goofy stuff and this is anyways uh dermataxi is 
two generic mana for a zero zero artifact vehicle. It has imprint. As Dermotaxi enters the battlefield, exile a creature card from a graveyard. Tap two untapped creatures you control until end of turn. Dermotaxi becomes a copy of the imprinted card, except it's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types. Okay, so this comes in at two mana. It needs to imprint when it enters the battlefield. You exile a creature card from a graveyard, so any graveyard. Chances like of you playing this on turn two, pretty freaking low. Uh, yeah, you need to have something already there and something relevant because you want something big. Cool, yeah. You want, you want, I don't know what you want. Boring you box. want one of the Eldrazi's, but it goes away at the end of turn. Yeah, you want something that's going to have an impact or something that is like an Elish Norn, maybe, or something that has the ability to... For there instance, are Eldrazi's that you can actually bin without it getting cycled yes, back in. Yes, there are. Yeah. There, are uh, the, uh, there are definitely a few. It um, betrays. It, has an, it betrays has an attack trigger, too. Yeah, and I think it, you need to have... That, that's the reason I don't like this card, actually, is because you need to have something that has like an attack trigger or a static ability because you're not getting the ETB on it, and those are very common in Commander and very yeah, powerful. you're right. Or you need to do something that like has specific timing. So if you were to do a Consecrated Sphinx, you'd have to turn the Dermotaxi into a creature the moment someone draws a card. And the cost to do so, to crew this thing... No, that's, that's yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like Tap to, two untapped creatures you control. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that is actually more than you would think. Like even um, the Sky Sovereign Council flagship uh, has a crew three. Yeah, you know, so that could just be one simple creature. Having two creatures just to get this taxi going, I don't know. It's a big crew cost. Uh, there's just a lot of hoops when you can compare it to reanimate, animate dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's. It's a lot to pay for something like this. If you're maybe in the token deck or the deck that always has creatures around to crew, I could see this being a utility player. Maybe you're in the mill deck that always is going to have, you know, a couple of persistent petitioners or whatever that you can mm, tap. And you, have okay. a, you know you have a lot of creatures out. But otherwise, yeah, I don't you see... You know what? I think you got it. Persistent petitioners. You have a, you're a mill deck and you are going to have two creatures to tap. And then, like, you can hit anything. So you're just like, oh, I play Purchasing Petitioners, Mill, 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 Mill. Dermotaxi. Exile that thing <laughs> from your graveyard. Tap it's two mine now. Swing it. Yes. Get wrecked. Get wrecked. Okay, next up is a pretty exciting one. It's Diamond Lion. 2-2 two, two for an artifact creature cat. You can tap it to discard your hand. Sacrifice Diamond Lion. Add three mana of any one color. Activate only as an instant. Hey, this is LED Lion's Eye Diamond. So I'm going to give this, um, I don't know, two out of three shiny rocks. This is very nice. <laughs> so this is a very interesting effect. You are playing this and you're tapping it to, to discard your entire hand and sacrificing this creature as the cost. So you can't get around that. And you get three mana and you can do it as an instant. So do you want to know the way to get around it? How? Um, you basically do it with like a wheel of fortune or a time twister on the uh, stack. Uh, so you have priority. a hoard pri priority and you have a draw seven on the stack. And so then you activate your lion's eye diamond. You throw away your hand, but that doesn't matter because you're instantly going to resolve the spell that's already on the stack. Right afterwards. Right. Um, so LED is a very like abusable card. So lion's eye diamond, the zero man artifact that does this is a very abusable card. I feel like no one plays it fairly. No one plays it at, you know, s at tap on a creature for two you mana. Wait another turn to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It costs like, zero. So you typically you're holding it in your hand and you're playing at the turn that you are going off with a storm deck or a competitive EDH build that's going to win because of the Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah. Um, so I don't like having to play, but Lion's Eye Diamond is crazy. Like it's $680 yeah. in 9,000 decks, a surprisingly large amount of decks than what I thought. 
Maybe it's more that people are dreaming of putting it in their big storm deck, or they know that this is the card that they need, and Diamond Line is going to replace that slot. Yeah. For so them. does it does like is is this because this is not going to be six hundred eighty dollars? It's no. going to be cheap. Uh, is this good enough to be that budget replacement? For now, I'd say, yeah. And then maybe if more people realize, you know what? No one's removing my Diamond Lion. It actually is a really great card in a lot of my decks that need to storm off. Then, yeah, go nuts. But your decks need to be able to take full advantage of what's happening here when you're, you know, you're holding priority for your Wheel of Fortune or whatever it is. Because you're going to need, like, Underworld Breach or Yawgmoth's Will or Dark Rituals so that you can take mm -hmm. advantage of a Diamond Lion like this and really get those, like, casting 10 spells this turn and then go nuts. Jimmy, uh, would you play this in any cat deck? Uh, Is there a cat deck that could use this activated ability? I mean, everyone could use three mana of one color at instant speed. To like, to like, I mean, I'd cast your commander. Ramp would something you ever else like, out? I don't know. Sacrifice it and ramp out it your would commander, just but you can't ramp anything else. It has to be, because yeah. the whole thing is you discard your hand, so yeah. you can't have anything in your hand. It would feel bad because not having, right, you, it, this feels like it needs to have combo potential. And again, kind of feels like it's a modern card more than a commander card necessarily. There we go. Or a needs, CDH card more than a regular uh, Needs combo potential and doesn't combo well. Yeah. But this next card doesn't need anything to combo well because it is just a complete... It's just a complete package. Yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 because it's a complete package. It's Caldra Compriat. Seven mana for a legendary artifact equipment. It's a living weapon, so that means when it enters the battlefield, you create a 0-0 germ creature token, and then you attach this to it, so it just becomes whatever the stats are on this. It's indestructible, like all of the sword and helm of Caldras are. And Caldra Compliat reads, Equip creature gets plus five, plus five, and has first strike, trample, indestructible haste, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. So this is just all the swords and helms of Caldra basically in one thing. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy, honestly. Like, if you look at this, I love that it has living weapon. That's great because it can be its own creature when it comes in. Yes. Because its equip cost is insane. It's seven. seven. That's like so difficult to move this onto a different creature. It's your whole turn, pretty much. And if you try and play this on the turn and equip it to something else, that's going to be 14 mana. So pretty often you're playing this and holding it on the germ, I'd say. But what about this as like, think about it instead of an equipment as like a worm coil engine or something like that. You know, uh, yeah. just a big artifact creature because you can oftentimes ramp out colorless spells faster than other things. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty beefy, right? Yeah, maybe you play this in your Belby deck. The, the thing about this is that typically, you know, the reason germs suck is that you can just remove the germ and then blam, it comes unequipped. In this case, it's indestructible and it's going to be hard to deal with unless you're bouncing it. But bouncing it is a very effective way to get rid of the token. Yeah, and then, then you're stuck with paying seven to equip unless you're not stuck with paying seven to equip. Yeah. Because we can cheat that. Yeah, so you can cheat artifacts out, especially equipment in the play with your Stoneforge Mystics, your Stone Hero Giants, Godo, Bandit Warlords. There are decks that love big equipments and don't care about the equip cost because maybe they have a way. Cigar to Zane. Cigar to Zane, right. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's ways to cheat these into play. There's ways to cheat it onto things. Um, we could go like go on and on with Duretti's and Goblin Welders and stuff like that. But uh, artifacts are abusable, and this is just like a big dumb good attacking one right yeah the thing about this that makes it funny is that it has haste right so it's going to come in and attack uh, but who is ever going to block this thing it has first strike and trample it's going to kill almost anything it hits well it's a trigger too whenever it deals combat damage just you exile it yeah. immediately like bam exiled yeah so why would you ever block this thing right like it's going to trample over it's going to it's going to wreck you I feel like you're only blocking it if you're just so scared of the damage and you want to stop maybe a little bit of it. Is it 7 out of 7? 
Yeah, it's a 7 out of 7. <laughs> That's better than 10 out of 10. That makes much more sense. <laughs> All right, next up we have Liquid Metal Torque. This card, the this card looks like a secret lair in terms of its coloring. It's kind of oh, funny. do you know what? You're right. I I looked at it and I was like, why does this feel weird to me? But the coloring is really cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, it's uh, two mana for Liquid Metal Torque. It's an artifact, and you can tap it to add a colorless. Hooray! Tar- then you can also tap it. Target non-land permanent becomes an artifact in addition to its other types until end of turn, and it's an uncommon. So this will be floating around all over the place. Yeah, this is a two-mana rock. Um, you wrote down that there are over 3,000 decks playing Fractured Power Stone. <laughs> Which, by the way, Fractured Power Stone is a two-mana rock uh, that lets you tap also to roll the planner die. Ah. The the coveted planner die that yeah. sees so much play. Yeah, all these commanders. I have played Planchase forever. It's, it's just a two-mana rock and has a useless ability. Yeah. This actually has a slightly relevant ability and will be cheaper than uh, Fractured Power Stone. So this is like actually kind of a new staple. Yeah, in a lot of ways, especially for the monocolor decks like Mono Red that could just always use another two-mana rock for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Yeah, this is interesting. You can turn things into artifacts. Why would you ever want to do that, DJ? Well, uh, there are things, there are decks like uh, Hirobi Death's Whale, which basically says if anything becomes a target, it dies. Ah. Uh, there's Memnarch, which steals Ooh, artifacts. You Memnarch can turn it into an artifact. so good with this card. Yeah. Um, there's Padim Council of Innovation. Uh, basically you can turn it gives artifacts hexproof but Padim is not an artifact until now ah this is a staple also can you turn an artifact into a higher CMC card so that you can draw a card from it ooh very nice yeah like you have a big dumb creature and you're like that's an artifact now I will draw yeah totally Um, this is similar there's liquid metal coating that just does this it doesn't produce any mana it just does this and it sees play yeah now one thing that's significant is this says non-land permanent because there are a lot of ways that you can turn your opponent's artifacts sorry lands into uh, artifacts uh-huh. and then turn them into zero zero creatures and have them instantly die so that doesn't work you can't do that with liquid mental torque but there's a lot of different things i mean improvise you know infinity for artifacts you know you can goblin weld things that you wouldn't normally be able ah, to do yeah think about it this way you have an elishnorn uh-huh. i'm going to turn it into an artifact i'm going to goblin the god that's a horrible idea <laughs> i just use that example uh, you have a consecrated sphinx. Okay, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I turn it into artifact, and then I goblin welder it into the graveyard and bring back your mana rock. Wow, that's kind of rough. Uh, I also like what you wrote here with Will Breaker. That would break some wills because this can target anything, right? It can target your opponent's stuff as well. Um, and also, Will Breaker, steal your thing. Will steal break- your thing, yeah. Breaker. I also really like when you say destroy artifact effects. Someone could be like, I really got to get rid of that. I can only get rid of artifacts. Ho-ho, <laughs> but I can make it an artifact. Or someone Vandal Blast, you turn something into an artifact right before Vandal Blast yes! clears the board. So, like, granted... Those are a lot of corner cases. We listed like a bajillion corner case scenarios. Yeah. But honestly, it's just like two mana mana rock. And they all rejoiced. Yeah. And there's other things that might have some side uses. You wrote Tower of the Magistrate is your favorite janky utility land. Oh, I forgot about it. It's a land that taps for colorless and also you can pay one and tap it to target creature gains protection from artifacts until end of turn. So So you can make a creature protect from artifacts and then turn the thing it's attacking or blocking into an artifact. uh, My favorite use case scenario for that, by the way, is to turn uh, your germ on the cauldron complete, give it protection from artifacts, and then the equipment just falls off. Oh, if you ever have creatures that are equipped, you just like turn, give them protection from artifacts, and all the equipment just goes and falls off. Wow, this this just hoses those red white decks. Yeah, it's great. Tower of (laughs) the Magistrate. You heard it here first. All right. uh, Next, moving on, we have. Nettle cyst. So this is another living weapon, which means it enters the battlefield with a 0-0 Phyrexian germ creature token, and it gets automatically attached. It's a three-mana artifact equipment. 
with equip cost of two. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control. Automatically a one, one, because you control the net assist. Correct. It could be real big, though. Real, real big. It can be really big. And we know that it can be big because we've seen this in decks that play like all that glitters and enchantment uh-huh. that does this. By the way, it's a common that costs $1.30. Okay. So like that, you know that it's seeing people are playing it and collecting it because it's at that price point. It's in 10,000 decks. Wow. All, all that, that glitters gl- yeah. is net assist. Yeah. Cranial plating is one that just does artifacts. That's very limited because it has to have black because it is black in there, right. but that's in 5k decks. Uh, Helm of the Gods is, you know, a dollar eighty. Uh, it's in 4k decks and it's just limited to enchantments. So this captures all of those different kinds of decks, those different archetypes, because it counts artifacts and enchantments. Yep. Uh, and it creates the creature that's already on. It's just a slam dunk in those ty- style of decks. Yeah, and it's a living weapon, so in the Akiri Line Slinger deck or the other Akiri, right, you're going to play a lot of equipment, maybe, and so Nettlesis is just going to make that creature bigger and bigger. So you want to add other things onto it, like Trample, Flying, whatever it is, because that's going to make the Nettlesis that much better. Yeah, Bogles decks, Artifact Matters decks, Enchantment Matters decks, right. all of those would love this. You know, SRAM uh, oh, yeah. just loves that kind just of stuff. Just playing tons of artifacts there. Alela, Artful Provocateur, oh, yeah, uh, yeah lot of... Halvar, to very double, nice. Double strike it up. That'd be awesome too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like all this, but this will. I think this is, card is nice and balanced, and it's going to see a lot of play. And it's, it seems like it's a popular effect as well. For sure. All right. Speaking of two mana rocks, this one's a creature. It got a lot of people talking, and it's pretty nice. It's the Ornithopter of Paradise. It's a two mana Thopter that's a zero two with flying artifact creature, and you can tap it to add one mana of any color. So this can't tap the moment it comes down, but it can for the rest of the game. And this is just going to see tons of play. Yeah, we talked about two mana rocks being good, and this is a two mana dork. And uh, granted, it's not as good as a one mana dork. But the thing is, you can compare it to things that are already seeing play. For example, gold, silver, leaden, and copper, and iron mers. Mm -hmm. uh, Those are all seeing play. Uh, don't, Don't touch my plague mer. That's a great one. Um, <laughs> but honestly, this is just better in two color decks or three color decks um, and could be comparable, especially because it's got flying too. Um, could hold stuff better and yeah. could be better a little bit later on. This in the holds game. equipment later on in the game. It also is a good blocker in case they have a huge flower coming at you. So I kind of like that. I, I like it a lot, honestly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, for me, I think mono color decks and non green decks rejoice. This is a card that costs two mana and can ramp. It'll turn some heads. It won't do it the turn it comes out. But honestly, it's not that often that you play an Arcane Signet on two and then use the land for something, right? Yeah, we're, we're used right? to ramping on two with, uh, you know, by getting an extra land out, but it comes in the battlefield tapped. So the next turn you have access to more mana, but you don't necessarily use the mana the turn that you get it. So I like the card quite a bit. Totally good. All right. Uh, you said that we were going to have one suspended card, but we're actually going to have two. Oh my gosh, you're right, because there's one that's colorless. It is Soul Talisman. Soul Talisman. It has suspend three for one generic mana, ah. and it's pretty simple. It's an artifact that taps to produce two colorless mana. Ah, so you wrote down this is actually Slow Ring, not Soul Ring. Oh, I'm so funny. The dad puns are I'm real today. Just this, as funny as Dermataxi. This gets Taxi two room. out of two colorless mana as a rating for a card. Um, This is a trap. This card's not that good. Suspend three. Yeah. If so, you're playing, if you draw this on turn five, it sucks. I think. I think okay, it sucks. So I also think it sucks. But part of, we have to remove our bias because part of it is that you look at this and you see soul ring and it's so far from a soul ring that like maybe we're bringing that bias to it. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Instead of thinking about this as a soul ring, how about this as a worn power stone? By the okay. way, like, like severe drop down in power level, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. in every deck to, 
I don't know, maybe you play it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Warren Parasone <laughs> is not at the top of the list when it comes to ramping artifacts these days. Yeah, it's three mana f- that produces two and, and it, it enters the battlefield tapped. tapped. Yeah. I think the fact that this doesn't, you can't cast it the turn you get it is just so bad. You have to wait three turns before it enters the battlefield. You have to suspend it. Even though suspend cost is cheap. But what a turn, Jimmy. Oh, man. But what a turn when you that, get. When it comes out, you get a Sol Ring. And look, Sol Ring is still good on turn five or six. It just, I don't think it's, uh, I just don't like that you can't control the timing on it. So here's the thing though. This is, this is not something that people are going to be scared of. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, but it's also not this crazy overwhelming effect. You have to think about when mana, when ramp is the best Mm -hmm. ramp is the best. The earlier you get it because it accelerates the rest of your game plan. Yeah. And you You can use right. Two mana on turn two is better than two mana on turn four because you get four mana in the two turns between two and four. So that's on top of all the mana you're going to spend that game. You're going to get more and more the earlier you cast ramp spells. Yes. So we all know that that's why we're hyping uh, ramp spells on two. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We just talked about two cards that ramp on two and we're for one mana and we're like, great. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that this is worse than those. Yeah, I think so too. The only cases where I want to have this is when you can treat it out onto the battlefield. If you're going to use something like a Goblin Walder and get this into your graveyard, then you don't need to worry about the suspend cost. You just get another soul ring in your deck. Osgear the Reconstructor. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. nice. So that seems so that seems good. Like I think it's a slam dunk in Osgear decks. Um, I, I like think what you wrote with Kodama of the East Tree because that allows you to put another permanent type that shares one. So you could play mm-hmm. something and then have this hotelsman just come out without having to be suspended. I I'm wondering though if that like, when you're when you're jumping through all these hoops to cheat things, just cheat something better. Cheat like a seven mana germ creating cauldra yeah. crazy attacking awesome thing rather than another mana rock. You know. Yeah. Soaring's good, but it's better on turn one than turn seven or whenever this heck this thing actually drops. Okay, it's time. It's time to talk about the single sword that's been printed in this set. Is it one of the best swords ever for Commander? Let's find out. It's the Sword of Hearth and Home. Three mana for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has a protection from green and white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own... Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle. Okay, this has a lot of potential. So every sword obviously is protected from two colors. In this case, it's green and white and gives plus two, plus two. The equip cost is two. Same with every sword. Three mana sword, two equip cost, all that stuff. White protection seems very relevant. A lot of single target removal Pretty from white. good. Yeah. Not just that, but white, black cards, Orzhov cards, they have all the removal in those. That This is going to target those, as, or this is going to protect you from those as well. Not to mention, it does two very relevant things. It flickers a card, so you can enter the battlefield effect, and it gets you a land and puts it onto the battlefield untapped. So the land getting is great. You know, we have not a traditional sword in the cycle, but Sword of the Animus. That's the closest that. you have, yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful It's very powerful. It's very good. You get a bunch of triggers of that and it just, it just kind of takes over the game. So I know that that's good. Um, and I know that flickering things is good too. Do, does this need to be in a flicker deck or... Green and white are the colors for it. I mean, so does this only go in flicker decks or can I just put this in my random deck that has some ETBs? Oh, I think you can put this in any deck because you up, it's exile up to one target creature you own. It could also give it pseudo vigilance, right? You attack with it and then you exile it and then boom, it comes back untapped. So then you've un, you've unequipped it. That's well, you could do it for another creature you attacked with, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what's really interesting <laughs> is that this card says exile up to one target creature you own. So I don't know if this was meant to be written this way because typically it's one creature you control. If it's creature you own, then a card like Gilded Drake 
oh, play oh. it. You swap with someone else, and then you own that card. You don't control it, but you own that card. So Sword of Hearth and Comb can target the Gilded Drake. It comes back under your control, and you swap with something else. Sneaky Jimmy. That's good. That's good stuff right there. Um, yeah, you can nice. steal back things that have already been stolen from you. I know that's corner yeah. case, but that Gilded Drake interaction, man, that's so yeah. cool. I mean, if you put this on like a Mirren Crusader, you can get two triggers to blink something twice and you get two lands. I mean, like, look, you just want this card. In terms of the power rankings, Sword of Feast and Famine is still the best, I'm pretty sure. And then it's a debate whether or not this is better than Fire and Ice, which is typically considered the second best sword. I don't know, man. Fire and Ice, it just draws you a card. I think it depends I mean, so on does who you're... this, and it puts a land on the battlefield. Lands are cards. I, you should not discriminate. Lands are cards, too. You're absolutely right. And doubling down on ETB, that maybe draws you even more cards. I don't know. I really okay. like Sword of Hearth. ETBs, though. in general, are better than two damage. I totally agree with that. That's That seems fine. Right. Uh, getting a land into play in Commander, versus I think, drawing versus drawing a card, I actually think I'd prefer the land. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, too. Maybe in some decks, not. In, in like, who knows? Jimmy, you changed my mind because I was a fire and ice believer, and now... I'm a, I'm a fan of Sword of Hearth and this Home. This is a colorless card. You can put it in your mono red deck, and blam, you just added a ramp spell. Oh, my gosh. Okay, very interesting. The fact that it says own, though, is the one that makes me go, wait, why? Why? What? Okay, Gilded Drake, already amazing. <laughs> already super now. expensive, too. Yeah, I know. Sad. I know. All right. And next, I'm sure there's other corner cases where the own part makes Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have Void Mirror. Two generic mana for an artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Okay, so this is just going to hose colorless decks. Colorless decks already, like... They're, they're already at disadvantage. They're already at a disadvantage, and then you're just going to hose them. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, your your Kozilek deck, Ashlyn, is going yeah. down. Sorry, Ashlyn. This card, she <laughs> tweeted about it, too, and she was not happy. Oh, she did? She yeah, was not she happy. she's like, what is this? And I agree. It, this definitely is a card that says anti-Ashlyn on there. Yeah, so, but here's the thing. I, I don't like that it hoses those colorless decks, but I do like that it hoses those free spells and those cheaty spells. Right, because this also just says whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Because it's saying no colored mana, but if you're casting it for no mana, that's the same as no colored mana. No colored mana for those, you know, Force of Wills and those, you know, ah, yeah, all the book ones, yeah, and all that other stuff or suspend cards, you know, because when you're casting it, you're not doesn't matter what you suspended it for, right. what you're casting it for, right? Mizix's mastery and like all that, other, like there's so many, yeah, cheating, broken ways and broken things that you can do in Commander and Void Mirror can just kind of shut it down sometimes. But I'm wondering, is it enough if three powerful cards in your opponent's decks are affected by this? I don't know, but it could be enough to just save the day. Here's the thing, it's symmetrical, so you better not be running a lot of these effects yourself to cast things for Mm -hmm. free. But if you do find that this stops two, three players from playing really powerful spells, that could be enough because cheating a mana cost, typically you're not doing it to put out a 2-2. You're doing it to put out a game enter or something that's really going to have a lot of effect on the battlefield. So I could see Void Mirror being very powerful in those metas where cheating of stuff is happening all the time. If you do have a colorless deck and you're scared of this, you could run City of Brass or Yogma. Right, right. Like, and you and just pay have colored, a way to get color. Because you can pay colored mana into a colorless spell. Like you could play blue yeah. into your soul ring and this void mirror will not counter it. Right, right. But it will stop your mana crypts and all that. Ooh, and oh, a lot of right. times too, you'll yeah. see people take a land that has the ability to add colorless as well as colors and like, oh, I'm going to tap this or like, a, you know, artifacts like the talismans, they'll tap it for the colorless to cast another artifact. This forces them to use more colors and stuff. So I can see this being an annoying card. I don't see it being a staple. Yeah. All right. Those are the artifacts. 
Uh, right, some nice. good, some phenomenal artifacts in the set, honestly. Yeah, definitely that sword is really nuts. Uh, next up, we go to the lands. Uh, I think it's important to mention that there are indestructible artifact duels. Yeah, very exciting. Yes. They do come in the battlefield tapped, but they count as an artifact. They're an artifact on the land, and they add two colors. So these are better in some ways than the original artifact lands, but these are going to count towards your improvise, your all your affinities and all that stuff too. By the way, we played, if you had an artifact deck, a lot of times you played those artifact lands, you know, Great Furnace or whatever, yeah. uh, Seed of Synod. You played them even though they would actually regularly get blown up by a Bane of Progress or Vandal Blast. You just accepted that your lands could be easily incidentally destroyed. But now they're it's tapped, but they're indestructible. I'm down for it. I'm down for it, too. I think that I'm going to run this in every deck that has artifact synergies. I'm going to throw these lands. Yeah, I like it for Bray as well, because you want to sacrifice artifacts, and Razor Tide Bridge gives you, like, that's the blue-white one. That's that's a land you can sacrifice to Bray in the late Mm -hmm. game when you just need more things and you want to activate that ability a bunch. That's great. Um, All right, we've got one land. Uh, We're not going to talk about Yavimaya Cradle of Growth, uh, because we're going to talk about it in the green episode, because it's a green land. You can put it in green decks. Yeah. But we are going to talk about maybe the most powerful card. well let's talk about it i mean this card definitely has the biggest splash it is the most interesting and unusual card i've seen in a very long time it's a saga it's not anyone's saga it's tied to one of the meanest biggest baddest dudes on the plains it's urza's saga it's the set urza's saga they released the entire (laughs) set on one card take a booster box and you just throw it on you're like yep yep that's it it's a guy's cradle (laughs) and every other insane card in that set okay now this is an enchantment land dash urza's saga so it's a a saga that is a land so the saga is the way they work is that when they enter the battlefield or it goes to your draw step you add a lore counter on it and then you do whatever it says for on the card for however many lore counters you have so you play this as a land it gets a lore counter and it says urza's saga gains add tap at a colorless mana so this is a land that just taps for a colorless mana the moment it enters the battlefield Mm -hmm. then your next turn or when you add another lore counter to it it goes to two and it says urza's saga's gains the ability to pay to tap it, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So now this is a land that taps for two and gives you a construct. Mm-hmm. And then three, search your library for an artifact card for mana cost zero or one, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. This is a card I can get behind. This card is insane. One thing to note, by the way, is that uh, it's the first ability of Urza's Saga gains tap add a colorless mana it just gains that and so even on turn two and even on turn three it it still has that it still has that land ability it also on turn three still has the ability to create a construct too Mm -hmm. um yeah wow it will sacrifice itself after the final lore counter but you get to get a mana crypt or a soul ring or a mana vault or whatever else you want that costs one mana a skull clamp a a sensei's divining top yeah so this is really nuts now you do lose a land and you're down the land drop but But if you get a soul ring you're still up mana yeah and I love the fact that you can get a Skull Clamp, which is often the best card in a lot of different token decks, or a, a Sensei's Divining Top, which is going to get you value for the rest of the game. I forgot Shadow Spear and the Ozolith, too. Oh, the Ozolith. Yeah, 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 totally. Those are such... Like, the Ozolith is a card that can sometimes just, like, have a whole deck sound center around it. Totally. And you have another way of getting it for free on a land. Yeah, this is so crazy. It's an enchantment land. It's not cast, but it's going to trigger Enter the Battlefield abilities, like Constellation. You can get it back with, like, again, Arcanum Weaver or Replenish or the the replenish one that was in yeah in in white in this set as well so there are a lot of ways to get these back on the battlefield 
Very interesting. I mean, I, I have nothing else to say about it besides it's crazy. It's yeah. a it's a land that does so much. It does so much, Jimmy. This car. What's the downside? It's an enchantment, so it can be blown up easier than a land. No one's going to do that to this land. They're just going to let it go through. I mean, if you waste enchantment removal on this, you are not probably in a great position, or you're very happy about it. I mean, this this card mana rocks. You know what I mean? But it's an enchantment. I'm enchanted by this mana rocking land. <laughs> All right. Um, this card's very it. cool. We've we've covered all of them um of all the lands uh this is urza saga is my favorite land of all the lands we cover it might be my favorite land of all time it's just so cool <laughs> we have never seen a saga on a land before i mean it just or an enchantment land they like they broke it in so many different ways yeah i could see this card making a big splash for a long time it's just one of those cards that like an auto include we have i don't know this soul ring we all run yeah this could be i mean geez this could be an auto include this could be an auto include. I could see yourself not really using the construct part of it on turn two, but the turn three part of it where you are always going to get a, an amazing artifact out of your deck seems pretty nuts. And even late in the game, let's say you play this on turn eight, whatever, it's still a land drop. If it happens to go three turns and you get all the other parts of it, great. If not, I know, it's right? just it a goes, land. It goes three turns and you're like, you you know how you have plenty of mana and you go, whatever, I have a land and then it's like create yeah. a Karnstruck, create a Karnstruck, go get something. That's an artifact that pumps both my constructs. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good. Gross. Gross. So good. Um, yeah, it may not be an auto include, but I could see it being because it's an enchantment and it's a land and it fetches artifacts and it taps for mana and it just it does a lot of stuff and it's a saga. I mean, these are all things we can transition to what we think is is the new staple, the new auto include, and I said or is a saga. Ah, very nice. I said sort of hearth and home. Okay. Because I love ramping and this I mean, is yes, something is that, good. yeah, I think Saga is definitely a big staple. Um, I could see people not playing it because it's just going to be harder to get. It's probably going to be one of the chase rares of the set. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. But it is definitely a card that I hope we see a lot more of Isn't in your future, sword of hopefully. Mythic? Swords are always expensive, Yeah, right? swords are always And wouldn't be the best sword be like, I don't know, like $30 or something? Yeah, it's going to be up there. Uh, I think Sword of Hearth and Home and, and, and uh, Urza Saga are probably going to be around the same price. Um, hopefully, a lot of people crack open these packs. Oh, it's going to be... Tons of people are going to open this. And we're going to see tons so many of these modern, around. There's so many modern staples. And by the way, one thing that's great is that, um, like, the Sword of Hearth and Home, I don't think that's going to be a modern staple. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like... That's not going to get doubly driven up. Yeah, so there's, like, there's... I don't know about Urza Saga. There's ways to break, <laughs> yeah, there's just, ways to break that for I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, so we talked about what we think are the commander staples, what's the most important. What do you think is the one that you're personally excited about? I'm excited for Ornithopter of Paradise. I just really love that it's a common. It's going to make a splash or a, a flap, I guess, in a lot of different decks. For me, I need more mana rocks, especially because I play a lot of mon monocolored decks. Um, so between sort of that and also, um, what was the other one? Uh, Liquid Metal Torque. I kind mm. I like that quite a bit. So I like it. It's a flyer. You can stick stuff on it later. It's relevant. Um, it's going to tap for any color of mana. Maybe I'll finally build that Send Triplets deck. I've oh, nice, forever. nice. Maybe. I encourage that. Probably not. Um, my go-to is going to be Nettle Cyst because um, it looks like the aliens from Edge of Tomorrow. No. Um, <laughs> I like Nettle Cyst because I, I have an Artifacts Matter deck. I have a deck that loves um, the... Uh, the one that uh, equips for black, black. Oh, 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 cranial plating. He loves and cranial plating. It's yeah. a Nikiri line slinger deck too. So I just have a ton of artifacts out there. I also have an enchantment matters deck, like an oh, enchantress deck. Oh, very nice. So if it's like, okay, you have like, you have two decks that just slot so well into this. Um, I'm a fan. Yeah, I could see this, and it's a it's a three mana equip too. That's I'd say a very fair price for an equipment that also comes in with a creature. Great. Okay. 
to the listeners, what blue cards, what artifacts, what lands are you going to be playing for Modern Horizons 2 in your commander decks? Is there something with Urza Saga that's so cool that we didn't even talk about? Because there's going to be things Probably. discovered about this card for a while. So let <laughs> us know in the comments. Tweet us, message us on Instagram, find us on Facebook or on Discord. And uh, we'd love to know your thoughts. And uh, of course, you know, if you want to buy any of these cards... You're going to want to, especially that nettle cyst and that sort of person home. Go to cardcam.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. Just type it in and you're on the website. You're there. You don't need to do anything else, but add the cards you want to your cart. Hit checkout, get them in your door, step, and then play with them in your decks and impress all your friends. Because that's what magic is all about, right? Impressing your friends or playing with your friends? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? <laughs> or impressing yourself, making your own dreams come true. Aww. And while you're there at Card Kingdom or your LGS. Go find some Ultra Pro products to sleeve your cards up and to keep them in the perfect shape so they don't get dinged up so that your Urza Saga... Buy a $30 sword and just like slap it on the asphalt like you're... In like I'm 10, elementary school? like I'm five yeah. once again. Yeah, nope, <laughs> definitely not these days because cards have value and it's a collector's world now. Uh, so take your sweet NFT magic cards and stick them in sleeves and so that you can resell them or trade them later on. And it's always great. It's such a good feeling to take a card that you no longer play with and turn it into one that you will. Uh, card Kingdom also does has a great buyback program as well. So mm. just good reasons to keep your cards in good shape with Ultra Pro products. Great buy list, yeah. Okay, and no end step today because we're gonna talk about so many more cards. So we have one more episode of Modern Horizons 2 in in the 99 review where we talk about red and green correct there are some good green cards oh, you're gonna wanna right. you're definitely gonna wanna subscribe hit the bell icon so that you right. can know when we're talking about these green cards and red cards too yeah and Jumbo Commander over here is gonna be talking about them as, on his YouTube channel as well so make sure you subscribe to both the channels we can't thank DJ enough for coming in and helping out with all these set reviews my goodness there are a lot of cards to talk about <laughs> All right, our clean set. Big thanks to our team here at the Command Zone. We've got Lady Danger, Manson Lund, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Asaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, and Dan Sheehan. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Card animations often before our show, sometimes behind us on set. You can find them online at Living Cards MTG. Okay, everyone. My voice hurts. I didn't make very good puns this time. Dermotaxi, I think, is just the better pun as as a whole. So that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> when the set when the set outpuns you, yes. is that that's a yeah, sad that's, moment? That's not a good moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't try hard enough this time, but maybe don't the worry. Next the, the, gr- the green red episode. Stay tuned. I uh, can't wait. All right, bye everyone. See you next time. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.